Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Enough Mexicans in your lifetime. Let me tell you this. Nothing. They didn't start anything. They didn't even start close to on time. They, they didn't even start an hour late. Gail would have an appointment at like 8 o'clock in the morning for the doctor, and I'd be telling the staff, you know, it's 8.30. Where's the doctor come? Yes. 9 o'clock. Uh, woo-hoo. Over here, no doctor. Uh, see, doctor, my wife, yeah, your wife, room three, 318, doctor come, yes. Four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, hello, trying to find a doctor over here. I woke up early. Doctor finally show up at 730 at night. I'm like, you were supposed to see my wife at 8 o'clock this morning. Yes, I see your wife. I am doctor. No concept for time, no appreciation for that. And, and I talked about these frustrations with my, with my Christian friend I met there, and he broke it down very well. And he'd never been in America, but he'd been around enough Americans. And he said, in my country, we have different value. He said, in your country, you value lots of money and big houses and cars and things. He said, in my country, we value taking time to laugh with family and friends and tell our stories. And it was wild because I don't know if you've ever been in a hospital and watched people at the nurse's station. They're supposed to get off at, at 3.30. They're charting and they're doing stuff. They may be eating some cake that somebody brought, and they get out of there whenever they get out of there. I watched these nurses that got off at 3.30. They were still there at 7 and 8 o'clock at night laughing and telling stories when they were supposed to be doing their job. See, that's American mindset. Their value was just hanging out with family and friends, they were being thankful for what they had, and they were always laughing. The average American, just mad at everything. Just mad at everything. Just not thankful for anything. And I can show you whether, whether it's the monetary, try, trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to buy things with money that you don't have to impress people that you don't care about, or, or we can look at it uh, I hear a lot of complaints coming from the LGBTQPFG plus community. Hope I got all y'all in there. Um, about how bad America treats that segment of America. Listen, I got nothing wrong. I don't, I don't believe it's any worse in, in God's mind for somebody to be gay than it is for somebody to overeat. We, we all got something. The Bible says we all fall short. So stop, stop, stop. To, Taking one part. Ooh, they smoke. They're horrible. Well, you gossip. You're horrible, too. Ooh, they're gay. Uh, well, you don't pray, so where are you at? Okay? But just an example. You got the, the, uh, the PGL, TQF, alphabet community saying how horrible they get treated in America. Well, let's have some perspective. In Pakistan, they hang people for being homosexual. You got women talking about how bad they get treated in America and, 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 and the gender pay gap. Uh, go to some of these third world countries and see how they treat you. 
well, this is America. It's supposed to blah, 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 blah. Stop complaining about what's not right and stop thanking God for what you do have and God will give you more stuff to thank Him for in the long run. You can choose to be bitter or you can choose to be better. And life can be hard. I, I saw Morgan Freeman on a YouTube clip. Um, he was trying to educate Don Lemon. And he said, who told you life was supposed to be fair? Who lied to you in your youth and said everybody was going to treat you wonderfully? That's not real. And I thought, Morgan Freeman for president. Right now, just off that speech. Right now, today, Morgan Freeman for president. Um, just for those of y'all who didn't keep up, side note, not in my notes. But for those of y'all that want a, a, a woman to be president of the United States, we've now had a woman be president of the United States. For those of y'all that want a black woman to be president of the United States, we've now had a black woman be president of the United States. For an hour and 15 minutes on Friday, Kamala Harris was sworn in as the president of the United States while 722-year-old uh, Joe Biden underwent a colonoscopy. <laughs> Thanks be unto God, she didn't make any mistakes. First president in the history of America. If, if anybody ever asked you, who's the only president in the history of America that didn't make any mistakes? Kamala Harris. Side note, side note. Some of y'all just mad. Y'all just came to be mad. It happened. It's real. In America. Rejoice. Stop being mad about everything. Listen to what Psalm 118.29 says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Now, I want us to take this verse and look at it because here's the reality. If I ask you, do you give God thanks enough, which way should your head move? This way. If I ask you, should Christians give God thanks more, which way should your head move? This way. We don't give God thanks enough. And I want us to understand why, because if we know better, we can hopefully do better. It's, the scripture says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Now, I've told you, one of, one of the principles of understanding the Bible is, is uh, when you see this word for, substitute the word because and see if it gives more clarity to the word. Uh, the, like, like in the New Testament, it says, repent for the remission of your sins. You don't repent so your sins are forgiven. You repent because your sins are forgiven. Because is a great word to substitute for the old English word for here. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. This is the reason why you should give thanks to God. Not because everything's fine and dandy like hard rock candy. Not because everything's going peaches and cream for you. You should give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Because here's the reality. He is good yesterday, he's good today, and he's still going to be good tomorrow. There's never going to be a time when God is not good. And if you only give thanks to God when you feel good, you're not going to be able to enter into his presence. If you only give thanks to God when you feel like it, you're not going to be the man or the woman that God wants you to be. The scripture commands us to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Now, if I told you, I give you a $20 bill out of my pocket every time you raised your right hand when I said to raise your right hand. How many of y'all know there's some people in this room that raise their right hand every time? 
Just right. Elder Keon got his hand way up in the air because he's wise. He's wise enough to know if, if, if you want what that person has for you, do what they ask you to do. Well, God says, give him thanks because he's good. How often is he good? How often should we give him thanks? Why don't we? And this is why we're going to take this verse apart and think about it. I believe the reason we don't is seen clearly. Because we don't recognize how good he is. When you're bitter, you're not recognizing how good God is. When you're upset, when you're angry, when you're ranting, when you're projecting, when you're tearing somebody else down, it's because you are not recognizing how good God is to you. Not only that, it says for or because his mercy endures forever. Two reasons plainly seen here that will help us to give thanks all the time or will hinder us from giving thanks all the time, recognizing that he's good and recognizing that his mercy endures forever. Because here's the reality. If you get those two things down, it doesn't matter if everybody on your job hates you. You, you ought to be able to sing with the songwriter. I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. If, if, you realize that his, if you realize he's good and his mercy endures forever and he saved you when he didn't have to and he's going to give you mercy for eternity and not judgment, you ought to have a permagrin on your face. If you're not giving God thanks enough, it's because you're not recognizing how good he is and you're not recognizing that the difference from mercy is judgment. You will either get mercy or you will get judgment. And if you understand mercy is when God chooses you to not give to you what you deserve. It's that little dude, Kirk Cameron, when he goes out witnessing to people and he finds all these gangbangers and, and, and they, they tell him they're not bad people. And he says, have you ever stolen anything? And, and, and the guy says, yeah. And he says, well, what's that make you? And the guy looks at him and he says, a thief. And, you know, the guy says, you're calling me a thief, man? That's funny right there. You don't have to laugh. You know how bad my head was hurting. You'd laugh already. But there are people out there that don't realize that because of our sin, we deserve judgment. But his mercy endures forever. If you ever get on the mercy side of God, then you're on that side forever. And I want to tell you something. It's good news to know that if you're a Christian in this room today, you are not going to pay for your sins forever in punished hell. You will be in eternity with God in paradise. That's good news. That, that ought to make you want to say thank you. I wish we had, we had a woman. I never even knew her name. I, anytime I would talk to her with the rest of the, about the rest of the church, I just call her sister. Thank you, Jesus. When I was at Word of Faith Church on Seaboard, which was the, the original name for Potter's House, um, when I was there and there was only a couple hundred of us, we had this one sister. She always, she always sat right, right over there toward the back. And she would just, through the whole praise and worship, sometimes during the preaching, she would just get caught up. And, and, and some people, I'd see people smirking, oh, there she go. And I'm thinking, everybody needs to do that. And, and, and I just called her sister, thank you, Jesus, because she would just be in the middle of a song. She'd be in the middle of a message. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, thank you. And I thought, that's where everybody needs to live. 
And I, I would use her as an example sometimes in my teaching, and I had people tell me after, after messages, I don't even believe she means all that. I would say, well, it's not your job to determine who means all that, but she's saying thank you a whole lot more than you are, so she's five miles ahead of you in this race. If we would realize how good God is and realize we don't deserve his mercy, we would be more thankful. God commands us to give him thanks. We need to live our life understanding how good he is. I think it's another reason why people struggle with thanksgiving. They don't realize how good God is. They actually feel like God has shortchanged them. This is the, one of the wildest things that I've ever had to deal with in counseling situ- situations. Listening to people say out of their mouth and really mean it. I just think God's against me. He just won't give me a break. Feeling like God, that they've been better to God than God has been to them. Let me tell you this. Nobody that ever lived has been better to God than God has been to them. God has been good to us. If you can't say amen to that, I'll say for sure God has been good to me. He's been so good to me, it makes me want to give something back to him. And I know there's some people in the room that feel that way. Listen, you can't earn salvation from God. You can't earn acceptance with God. You can't earn position in heaven with God through what you do. You you can only get that by faith in Jesus. Salvation is a gift. But if you really love someone, it is natural to be good to them. If If you really see how good somebody has been to you, it is just natural for you to want to be good to them back. I wonder if, if, if you feel like God's done anything good for you or you one of those woe is me people complaining and whining about how hard life is as if God hadn't done anything good for you. You need to change your song, church. You need, you, need, you, need, you need to throw away that broken recording of woe is me and you need to start finding things to be thankful to the good God of heaven about so, not only so you can do what he's told you to do, but so you can get your mind better adjusted. Whether we look at it spiritually or whether we look at it naturally, all mental health counselors will tell you one of the keys to being mentally healthy is thanksgiving. They call it an attitude of gratitude. You need to learn to be grateful and to be thankful for what you have because without that, you are poisoning your life to move in the wrong direction. And I'm telling you, some of you, if you just made this one tweak, if you just made this one adjustment in your life, you would begin to see life move in a better flow for you. If you would just start every day thanking God. If you would just learn how to say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The majority of times that people say God's name in our current culture, they don't say, thank you, God. God is good. Praise God. They say, oh, God. Not only is that blasphemy, but it's an indicator of you don't really recognize how awesome God is or you wouldn't use his name in that way. We need to replace all of the, they're called filler things. If you listen to different preachers preach, if you listen to different speakers, motivational speakers speak, you will hear their filler things. It's things they say when they're trying to get to their next phrase, uh and uh, um. That's my least favorite filler, by the way. It's hard for me to listen to and, uh, um, uh, a, a speaker who um, and uh, they um, 
and uh, well, about Jesus went to the and uh, um. That's that's tough filler speak. Some people's filler speak is y'all ain't helping me. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me this morning. I wish I had five people. That's just all filler speak trying to get to the next statement as the preacher tries to get his words to catch up to his mouth. But everybody's got go-to phrases. You've got phrases that you say all through the week. You've got my my son can tell you who I'm on the phone with based on the way I answer the phone and how I'm talking to whoever is on the phone. If I say dude at any point during the conversation, Nancy covered her face. He knows I'm talking to Elder Jimmy. What's up, dude? Awesome, dude. All right, dude. Everybody has filler, but what we don't fill in the blanks with enough is thank you, Jesus. And if you don't hear anything else I've got to say today, I want you to start letting that be the thing that pops out of your mouth when your mouth is trying to catch up to your mind. When, when you just say random stuff, I want you to learn how to start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We got things we say in my house, just, just scream random one-liners from movies. Hopefully, y'all don't do all that. That may be a sign of mental illness, but that's a different message for a different crowd. We need to learn how to get those words out of our mouth. Thank you, God. Say it with me. Thank you, God. You need to let that be something that comes out of your mouth all the time. God wants us. God commands us to give him thanks. Now, he tells us to give him thanks. And if you love him, you want to give him something. And I've said for years, when you don't know what to give someone for a gift, you should always give them what? What they want. Don't, don't give me a book on how to lose weight. I am not interested. <laughs> Told y'all I made peace with my fat a long time ago. I'm, I'm comfortable in my skin. Don't, don't give me a book on jogging. I used to say I did all my running in the army, and the only time I'd run now is if a dog was chasing me. I let that go. I'm 220 pounds. A dog chasing me, we just got to find out how bad he wants it. I, I'm just not running. Don't get me a book on running. Now, if you know me well, the, the gift that if, if you were going to give me what I want, you wouldn't give me a gift per se. You would, you would give me the thing that I want, which is just for everybody to love God and love each other. My kids ask me all the time growing up, Dad, what, what do you want for your birthday? I just want you, you guys to love God and treat each other right. That, that, that's, that's all I want. But when you're trying to give something to somebody that you care about, you should give them what they want. Listen to what God said in Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. By him, that should be capitalized by Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, how much? Continually, that is. Here's the explanation. What is the sacrifice of praise to God? It is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, I'm not much for buttering people up. I've never been that, that kind of way. I credit my mom for that. One of the things I love about my mom so much is my mom is plain spoken. She'll tell you the truth, uh, and you never have to wonder where you stand with her. She'll let you know. And I'm very much that same kind of guy. I don't go around buttering everybody's 
biscuit just to try to get, you know, anything out of them. I figure people are going to do what they want to do. That's why I don't stand at the door and shake hands and hug necks and pat babies on the head um, and, and, you know, have everybody tell me how, how, how much they liked or didn't like the sermon. But when God tells us to give him something, I'm not saying this, we should do this to butter God up because you can't butter God up. I'm saying you should do this because you love him. You should do this because you love him. If you were going to give Big Mama a present for her 100th birthday, you ought to put some thought into it and give her what she wants. Well, what God wants is our mouths to give thanks to his name. And it's not that hard. You don't have to have a degree in Hebrew, Greek, or theology. You don't have to go to Bible college or seminary. You don't have to go through an ordination process. You don't have to be a pastor or a bishop to do what God has required of us to just say thank you. Thank you, God. You need to spend time every day in thanksgiving to God. You ought to wake up every morning thanking God for waking you up and for loving you. You ought to go to bed every night thanking God that he never gave up on you. How many, how many of y'all know? And I'm not asking you to agree with me because this is church. I mean, but how many of y'all know deep down in, in your knower that you've done enough since you've been saved that God would have been in his right mind to throw you away and forget about you altogether? Amen? We ought to give God. We ought to just constantly be thanking God. I, I, I love that one song. He sings about the potter and the clay. And it said, I, I, I praise the day he didn't throw the clay away. He could have thrown this clay away. He would have been justified in getting rid of Scott Becker. He would have been justified in throwing me into hell forever. He would have been right. In, I'm going to tell you, if I get to heaven and God says, you ain't going to make it because I don't want you in here, I would say, you're right in whatever decision you make because I don't deserve the mercy of God, but I'm thankful for the mercy of God. This is what he's telling us to give him, offer the sacrifice of praise. We, we used to sing in the old church, we give the sacrifice of praise into the house. And we, well, what is the sacrifice of praise? It's, giving, it's saying thank you. Now, some of y'all, you didn't have the blessing of being raised in the South. And I get it. Um, I can tell after two seconds of talking to any one of my kids' friends, they used to bring kids over to my house from the neighborhood. I'd ask the kid a question, and they'd say, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you raised up north, huh, little Timmy? <laughs> sitting there playing on my PlayStation game, using my electricity, sitting in this house in my air conditioner. I walk in the room, you didn't even look up. I know you were running raised down here. My kids have been told, and you don't have to be this extreme, but I'm going to tell you something. There's something to be said for manners. And every now and then, my kids just get caught up in stupidity, and they'll say yes, no. They, they don't say yeah or yep, because that's, that's, just, that's just insulting. You don't, you don't talk to grown folk, yeah. They, they, just, they didn't put no effort into it. But I, I've told my kids their whole life, if I ask them a question and they say yes or no, I just look at them, I'm like, I don't know where you think you are. You don't say yes to me. Yes, sir. Have some manners about yourself. I, I've had people from up north ask my children to not call them sir and ma'am. I'm like, you can't be friends with them people no more. <laughs> Parents got no, 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 no home training. It should be natural 
to thank people that have blessed you. So let me ask you this. Has God blessed you? Here's, we say, yes, he has in church, but then people sit around at the house, woe is me. Ch- chase, chasing some type of uh, better state of mind through a bottle, uh, a can, a pill, amusement, whatever, because they feel like life's not everything they want it to be. I take you back to what Morgan Freeman said. Who told you? Everything in life. Whoever lied to you and said life was fair? Whoever lied to you and said America was going to give you everything? I'm reading all this stuff now. I don't even know where, where the end of this is going to be. But I see this stuff uh, on, on the news in written reports that uh, health care is a basic human right. Government provided health care is a basic human right. Well, if you really believe that, what you're saying is out of the 220 countries on this planet, you believe over half of those countries are filled with people who aren't even human because they don't have government-sponsored health care. So what are they? Well, government-sponsored child care is just a basic human right. I mean, eventually we're going to get to the point where driving a brand-new Cadillac is just a basic human right. I saw, I saw it this week. Government-provided college education is a basic human right. I'm thinking, well, what about all the people that didn't go to college? Are they less than human? This entitlement mentality, here's what it's doing. It's causing people to not be thankful for what they have. It's causing them to focus on what they don't have because they don't have the grit, the courage, and the manhood or the womanhood to go out and get what they want to have. God said we need to be thankful. It ought to be coming out of your mouth continually. Thank you. You ought to just say it walking in the house by yourself. It just ought to be your random go-to. Just get up and walk from the bedroom to the bathroom. Thank you, God. When's the last time? Now, I, don't be- I ain't going to believe you if you say it. So just, just know that. If you want to raise your hand, I ain't going to believe you anyway. But anybody in the room giving God thanks this week for a toilet that flushes? Shouldn't we? I'm going to tell you this, when it stops flushing, you're going to be mad about it. We ought to look for ways to give God thanks. Well, you know, pray. I mean, and, and I'm glad that it happened, and, and I'm glad Shannon called me and let me know how, how the trip was going, especially when she got stuck in Dallas and had to get a hotel room because the flight wouldn't let her go. Uh, but so, you know, she let us know she was going out of town, pray for her, she's going to be traveling. And, and so I did that because I understand how travel is. But we ought to say thank you, God, when the car cranks. I mean, every time I've ever flown on a plane, when it hits the ground, I'm just, I, I, thank you, God. I tell the people sitting next to me, made another one. And, of course, they're not listening to me anymore because if somebody sits to me, uh, sits by me, and they start leaning too heavy on my armrest, I got a speech I give to people on airplanes. I let them know. Well, ho- I hope you're prayed up. Because, you know, American Airlines hadn't had a plane crash go down and kill everybody in it in months. It's due. (laughs) They ring that bell and they ask to be moved. Then I get a free armrest next to me where I don't have to be bunched up. Experience, y'all. You learn a lot. (laughs) But I thank God. Anybody ever been in a plane and just thank God when they finally get to where you're going? 
Anybody ever stood at that turnstile and wait on your luggage and it makes three trips around and you don't see your bag yet? Then your bag finally comes out and you thank God they didn't lose your luggage again? I'm done with luggage, by the way. I'm carrying on. They, they've lost my luggage for the last time. They broke handles on my luggage for the last time. But in everything that happens, I ain't going to believe you if you say you did, but did anybody in this room uh, thank God for their shoelaces working every time you tied them this week? All right, let me ask a different question. Anybody ever had a shoelace break in their hand when they were trying to wear You got to toss that off to the side. You can't wear them shoes. I mean, unless you're really OCD and you got five extra pair of laces just hanging around. You say, well, that's a little trivial, isn't it? No, it's not. Your shoelaces could break every time you go to put on a pair of shoes. We just got it so easy that we don't thank God the way we should for all that we have because we've been so spoiled. I, I remember I had a car like that. I had a car that was difficult to start and difficult to turn off. Anybody ever have that car? Just please, Jesus. Oh, please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then you get to where you're going. And Connie, Connie was there. When I got saved at Hillcrest Baptist Church, I was driving a white Dodge, and it would keep running. And I was, I was, you know, I didn't know anybody at this church. They were all good people. I was a bad person. They all came from normal stuff. I came from abnormal stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm driving a, a muscle car with tires this wide on the back, jacked up all the way this loud as all day long. And when I turned the key off, it just kept, <laughs> anybody ever have that car? And I try everything. Sometimes I turn it off, take the key uh, out, put the key back in, turn it back on, drop it down and drive. I tried everything to get it. And sometimes I just walk away thinking, oh, God, don't let anybody see that car still running. We've just got it too good. Everything, so the water works when you turn it on. When's the last time you thank God for running water in your house? And see, here's the thing. My mom grew up with none of that. My mom grew up with no electricity in her house. She grew up with no bathroom in her house. She grew up with no running water in her house. Um, and so she's lived in that world, and now that she's got all that stuff, listen, I'm a bad on her because this is all of us, whether, whether you ever lived through it or not. Once you've had it easy for so long, you forget how much better you've got it now than you used to. And some of you have had it too good for so long, you're not thankful for anything. We need to start saying thank you to God. Psalm 107, 21 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It doesn't say praise the Lord because you got a promotion. That should, that should happen too. But the reason, the primary reason we praise the Lord is because of his goodness and for the great things that he's done. It's when you stop seeing how great he is, it's when you stop feeling like he's done good things for you that bitterness creeps in and unforgiveness creeps in. Verse 22 says, and let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. True love is a sacrificial giving love. God gave himself as a sacrifice for us and he tells us that the sacrifice he wants us to give him is to say thank you. I want you all week long just to start riding down the road. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just say it. You don't, even have to, you don't even have to know why you're saying it. Just say it. He likes it. He's commanded us to say it. As a child that wants to honor your father, you should do what he says. Psalm 116, 17 says, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call 
on the name of the Lord. This is real Christianity. I'm going to give you what I believe is a difference maker. And I've shared this with you before, but I'm going to tell you again. What I believe is a difference maker between a thankful life and an unthankful life. David said in Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Then in verse 2, he shows the difference. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Why would God tell us to forget not all his benefits? Because we do. You can't bless the Lord right unless you remember his benefits. When you get your mind all cramped up on, well, I've worked all my life, and now i got to get Medicaid, A, B, and C. Man, I'm so confused by which Medicaid I'm supposed to be applying for in a few years. I mean, anybody realize that's a mess? That Medicaid thing is like, I thought it was just Medicaid. you got to have part A and B and C. That's like these vaccines by this point. you got to have the first shot and the second shot, then you got to get a booster and another. I mean, when does it? It's just all so confusing. But when you stop seeing the benefit in stuff, you stop being thankful for it. And I wonder when's the last time you thought about the benefits that you have in Christ. Don't forget his benefits. They're benefits to Christianity. I'm going to just give you a couple of them and get out of here. Salvation is the big one. The Bible says the payment for sin is death, separation from God in hell and punishment forever. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to tell you something. We had a preacher when I was little. He used to tell people, don't you dare get saved just so you can miss hell. Missing hell ain't a good reason to get saved. And I used to sit there as a lost person and think, well, I don't want to go to hell. Let me tell you something. It's one of the best reasons you can get saved because hell, hell is real and it lasts forever. And if you're saved, you don't have to worry about that because you've been given the gift of salvation. Now, the big payoff is eternal life, but there's also benefits to Christianity. 1 Timothy 6, 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. The reason why some people can't be content, I know some people that try so hard to be godly, but they're never content. Godliness without contentment, according to this verse, is not great gain. It's just godliness. But godliness with contentment is great gain. You want to be who God wants you to be, you got to add to that godliness contentment. you got to remember, see, here's the thing. It's not that you need to learn something new about God. It's you need to stop forgetting what you know already. See, that's what kept God's people out of the promised land. It wasn't they didn't know what God expected from them. They kept forgetting what God had already told them. you you, you got to recall to yourself the good things that God has done for you. you got to remember his benefits. If, I, if we had the time this morning, I'd pass the mic around the room. There are people here that, that could be so dramatic but be honest in saying, if it had not been for the Lord who's on my side, I'd have been dead two or three times already. If it hadn't been for God's goodness saving me when he did, my life would be a mess. Anybody know that's true for so many people? We forget his benefits. We forget the fact this is not our world. This is not our planet. This is not our atmosphere. God put the right amount of oxygen on this planet for us to live and breathe. God, God positioned this earth just close enough to the sun so we don't freeze to death, but not so close that we don't burn up. God has done great things. you got to learn how to start thanking him for them. 
Psalm 69.30 says, I will praise God's name with singing and I will honor him with thanksgiving. Uh, I hope you begin to spend time with God singing to him, glorifying him, remembering his benefits, thanking him for what he's done. If you don't pray for hours every day, if prayer is not easy for you, let me tell you this. Add more thanksgiving in your prayers. Spend more time thanking him for everything you can thank him for. Thank him for, for, for your family. Thank him for everything that you can think. Uh, some of y'all already know where I'm going to go because it hits me so strong. I, I remember when the pastor said, well, Rick Baldwin said this. He said, if you hadn't gone all the way to the hairs in your nose yet today, you haven't thanked God for everything. Because if it wasn't for the hairs in your nose, you'd choke to death on the dust. And God chose to put hair in your nose. I mean, when's the last time you thanked God for that? Now, now, now some, some of you guys getting a little bit older, it's okay to trim that hair in your nose. And I don't know why you have hair in your ears, but you can trim that too. No biblical command against that. But we need to learn how to be more thankful. I'm, I'm going to show you real quick, tell you a couple things. I'm thankful for salvation. I was so amazed that God saved me. Um, I knew I wasn't worth saving. I wasn't one of those people that, that ever looked at somebody and said, well, I'm a pretty good person. I never felt like a good person. I knew I was a bad person. Um, I knew I wasn't just the black sheep of my family. I was one of the black sheep on this planet. Uh, I, I knew that my life w was not uh, a clean life. And the fact that God chose to save me has overwhelmed me every day of my life since he did it. And I can promise you this. The only time I ever find myself complaining is, is when I forget to remember how great God was for saving me when he didn't have to. Not only am I thankful for salvation, I'm thankful for the Bible. We live in such a great time. They didn't have Bibles. Some of y'all got two Bibles, three Bibles. You got Bibles laying around your house. Uh, the fact that God has allowed us to put our hands on this precious book and to be able to read it anytime we want to, it's, it's ama it amazes me. This is the greatest, this is the greatest thing that you can literally, material thing that you can possess in your hands is this book. And I'm thankful for the word of God. You, you might be somebody who likes to sing more than you like to read and singing might make you happy. But I can tell you something, if you ever really get thrown for a loop, what you're going to find to sustain you is written in this book right here. This book is life. This is spirit and this is life. And I'm thankful that God allows us to have his book. Not only am I thankful for salvation and for God's word, but I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the people who've been around for a while. I'm thankful for the new people. I'm thankful that we, we have the opportunity to come to a place and gather in his name. We're never going to have a great parking lot. We're never going to have the prettiest facilities. We're never going to have the greatest preacher in the world. But God has called all of us to come to this place, and we get to gather together in his name and worship him. And I'm thankful for this church and for you. See, I remember where we started. I remember where we started in, in Clay Hill on a dirt road. I remember the pews. Uh, I, I, my mom can testify. Dina Scott can testify. The pews had so much goo. They were brown, but all across the top rail, they were black and gooey. That's from people holding on to them with dirty hands. And you, when you'd sit in them, you, you couldn't just sit forward because it would choke you. You had to peel one shoulder off the stuck pew and then peel the other shoulder off the pew. That's where we started. We started with, with, with a church that had duct tape 
on every seam of the carpet, all throughout the carpet. And the whole church smelled like cat pee. I, 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 I'm, I'm thankful for, that God gave us that place. I remember the day me and my mom were on, on our hands and knees. You remember that day in the men's bathroom? We were on our hands and knees. Uh, it's the first time I ever told anybody that joke I saw at that Middleburg restaurant. Uh, we were on our hands and knees trying to scrub the urine stains out of the floor underneath the men's urinal. And I told my mom, uh, the, we need to post that sign they've got at, at, at the barbecue shack. Stand closer, it's shorter than you think. That place was so dirty. That place was so awful. But I was thankful for it because it was a place where we could meet. Now I look around in this place. We got no duct tape on, on, on the floors for you to trip over. We, we got comfortable seating. We got air conditioning. It works most of the time. Heat, it works most of the time. I'm thankful for where God has brought us from and where God has brought us to. I'm thankful for what God's doing in this church. Through the pandemic, we never missed a service. I've said jokingly, I just don't know how I haven't had COVID. I've, 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 and, and listen, hear me good. Understand my position. I'm for masks. If you want to wear a mask, I'm for you. If you don't want to wear a mask, I'm for you. I'm for vaccination and booster shots. If you want to get vaccinated and take booster, I'm, I'm for that. If you don't, I'm for that too. You be wise about your own health. But realize and you don't have to not take the vaccination to trust God. I've heard people say, why don't they just trust God and don't get vaccinated? Well, why don't you just trust God and stop drinking water? Use common sense for your own health. But I'm thankful that God has got us this far during this pandemic. I've seen churches close down. I've seen churches uh, with friends of mine that had churches that, that didn't survive this pandemic. And I thank God for what he's doing here. I'm thankful that God is not the God of the second chance, but he's the God of another chance. If he was just the God of a second chance, we'd all be in hell. But his mercy is everlasting. He's always good and his mercy is everlasting. And we need to learn how to say thank you to God. I'm thankful that he's kind and patient. And he gives me grace. He gives me mercy. And even on today's like today, when physically I don't feel like being here, he allows me to stand up and do what he called me to stand up and do. And I'm thankful to have a place to bring honor to God. Are you thankful? Are you thankful? I thank God for my mom all the time. Thank God for my sister all the time. Do you thank God for the people in your family? When's the last time you said thank you to God for everybody you know? We got to do this, church. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to declare the rest of the year a season of increased thanksgiving. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. But I want us from now to the end of the year, because I want us to finish off 2021 right. It's been a tough year in many ways. It's, it's been good things too. But I want us to thank God more than we ever have. I want us to be intentional about just at least saying thank you. Teach your mouth how to say thank you. 
Psalm 22, 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this message. He inhabits the praises of his people. And I read every commentary there is to read on it and studied every cross-reference verse there is to study on it. And I'm going to tell you one of the things that I came up with. He inhabits the praises of his people. He, he's here in a greater way when we praise him. And I thought about it because if you know God, you know that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times simultaneously. So how can he be here more so when we praise him than when we don't? And I had a thought. I want to share it with you and we'll go. It's just like you can listen to this message and not be blessed by it. Somebody else listen to it and like it. Anytime somebody tells me they really enjoyed the message, I always tell them the same thing. That says more about you than me. Because you were listening for God. Because some people listened to it and didn't like it. I want you to hear this. When we praise him, we're more aware that he's here. He's always here. He, he, he inhabits the whole earth at the same time. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. But when you praise him, you make awareness that he's here. It's like seeing somebody that you haven't seen in a while. I, I, I love my son, Jake, who's been gone for over a year now in the United States Marines. Um, and I, we get to talk every day on the phone, I, and I tell him I love him. But he's not here. If he walk, It wouldn't change how much I love him if he walked through that door right now. But how many of you know it would be a different emotional level for me? See, God is here. But in, in an emotional, spiritual context, some of you can't connect with that. Because you don't give any credence to the fact that he's here. But when you begin to praise him and sing to him and thank him, the sacrifice of praise, thanking him, then, then you realize that he's here. As we praise him, we recognize his presence. And when we say thank you to him, we recognize his presence. And that's why some of you have experienced this and some of you haven't. And I want you to get close enough to God where you experience this. If you've never had to pull your car off the side of the road because you were listening to a gospel song, that just touched you so hard, you started ugly crying. You started sobbing to God. Your, your love for God swole up inside that car, and you just had to get off to the side of the road so you could cry good and tell God how much you love Him. If, if you haven't lived through that, I want you to start thanking Him more, and I want you to get to a place where you recognize His presence. I'm going to do something. It's, it ain't even 12 o'clock yet. It's going to take about four and a half minutes uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, and instead of having our musicians play, you got it, Keon? I asked Elder if he could play this song for me. This song, number one, I believe is uh, it, it, it's, it's by one of the most beautiful voices in the whole world. And this song has always been an overwhelming song to me. And I don't know how many of y'all listen to the Winans family, but I'm going to tell you this. There's a song called Alabaster Box, and I want you to listen to the words of it this morning. Because it's not until you can agree that you don't know the cost of my praise. It's not until you feel it deep down on the inside where, where you can say, you weren't there, 
when Jesus found me. You didn't feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me. And you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. And here's what I want us to do. You can sing along with this song. You can sit where you are. You can come to this altar and pray. But I want us just to take this four minutes, and I want us just to think about God. And I want you to realize he listens when you say thank you to him.
God, we thank you for loving us. and We thank you for finding us where you found us, saving us how you saved us. God, I pray for every person in this room that we will be more thankful for everything. Lord, I pray for unsaved people here, God, that you would show them by your love that they're not yet saved and that you would save them. For every real Christian in this room, God, I ask you to fill us with your spirit and help us always be mindful of the cost of the oil in our alabaster box, the cost that you paid for us to have salvation, the stripes that you took for us, the wounding that you endured for us. Help us, God, to be more thankful. Help us to love you more. And I honor you with this life that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.